0: All right, all aboard, Hilchas Nizikin, excuse me, Hilchas Mummain, page 942, chapter 11. Okay, bankruptcy, okay, <laughs> hey, $30. Which page is this? 102 in this one. Yesterday we talked about koifer, right? We talked about Kaifer, which is the responsibility the owner of the ox pays if it kills somebody. We didn't describe how much that is. Kamu how much is this koifer you got to pay? As the judges evaluate the value of the murder of the victim of the death, based on his evaluation. In other words, you have to evaluate how much he's worth in the slave market, and that's how much he's, you pay. problem is the guy is not alive anymore, so you can't give an exact evaluation. But however much the, 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 the judges evaluate it, that's the chiyuf. That's the so Ruven's ox kills Shimon. Ruven pays Shimon's heirs, he's halai. Anybody's phone uh, over there? Uh? No. Ruvain um, uh, pays Shimon's Yershim. <laughs> what is that? Oh, it's that phone over there. Okay. Ruvain pays Shimon's Yershim the value of Shimon. Uh, heirs, inheritors. Shedemar, it says he should give the redemption of his soul as is evaluated upon him. So he, Ruvain, gives the redemption of his soul, whose soul? Well, both. Ruvain's soul achieves atonement based on the soul of Shimon's value. That's, that's, what that, what, that's what that means. That's if it's a regular person. Shimon's a regular Jew. If Shimon is a Ebed-Kanayni, regardless of his age, or gender, in that case, the value is established on the Tehidosh, 30 selah um, of fine silver, so to speak, it's pure silver, so seller is a kind of weight and, and a seller of silver is the amount of coin. That's what you pay if the murder victim is a Jewish slave. Or sorry, an Evet Kanani that is rather. Um, and it's irrelevant if the uh Bainch Evetchov me'an mana, whether it was a very valuable slave Worth 100 mana, which is 10,000 10, dinarium, or he was like a, a baby, which is only worth one dinner. In any event, that's the established amount. So it's a regular person, you establish it based on his value as, as what he'd be, he's worth, theoretically speaking, if he was sold as a slave. If it's an actual slave, you just pay a set amount, the Torah says 30 salah. Mm-hmm. The Hamuk of Get let's remember how is an Ebbeth freed? When the master writes him a bill of release gives him that, that star. that's what releases him. That makes him free, he's no longer property of the master. It also completes his conversion process he began when he became a slave, in which case he becomes a complete Jew. So that does two things. Normally they happen simultaneously. Now interestingly over here there's a situation where you have a slave who's been, uh, the master's ownership is no longer present in terms of monetary obligation. Really? I didn't say that, I said that, one second. Right? The master's ownership is no longer present. But the slave's status of completion as a Jew didn't happen. For example, there's one or two possibilities, um, let's say the, the owner says, I declare all my belongings ownerless. Everything I own is hefker. Or the owner says that my slave is hefker. So the slave is now ownerless, whoever wants to come take him, could take him. So in terms of monetary obligation, he doesn't belong to this guy anymore. But he doesn't actually have the status of a full, complete Jew. Just monetarily, there's no, there's no, there's no master. Or, for example, the master, uh, if the master, there's a halacha in Torah, if the master injures the slave and makes him lose a limb, which will not regenerate, like a finger, the slave goes free. But that means that the master has an obligation to free him. The moment the master injures him, and it's been confirmed, and the master is convicted, he doesn't pay damages to the slave, the slave is no longer property of the master. But in order to make him a full Jew and complete his conversion process, his gator, the master has to actually give him a document of freedom, which we force him to do. If he's in that in-between state, again, he's, he's free monetarily. He's not free in terms of a Jewish status, though. Another example could be, for example, if a convert who has no heirs, he has no children, purchases a slave, and then he dies. All his property is ownerless, including the slave. Okay, in any event, so, he, so he's not a full-fledged Jew, but he's not a slave either. Therefore ain't like because he doesn't, he's not owned by a master, there's no Knas obligation. this 30, 30-established 30 seller. There's no master to pay it to. The the other. has because he's been free. So yeah, there's no knas. There's also no care for. He's not, he's not a full-fledged Jew. And therefore, what does the owner of the ox pay? Nothing, Base. The When there is a situation of koefer, right, the ox gored and killed a Jew, and we're talking about, uh, ox, we're talking about here is a mood, obviously, right? Because a tam, there's no koefer. Who did he pay it to? and erak to the heirs, the inheritors of the victim. What if the ox gored and killed a married woman? In which case, who are her heirs? Well, whoever's heirs there are are matedah might be the same before and after she gets married. But or perhaps if when she gets married, her husband is her heir nevertheless, even though the husband inherits her property, the Khifer payment goes to her heirs from her family of origin, meaning you know whoever it would be if she was not married. Why? Because the deen is that the husband only inherits his wife 's property the moment of death, whatever she owned the moment of death. The Khfa is something that goes and is paid after death and therefore the I think the person who owns it probably is calling it to find out whose it is so open it's not going to bite you I promise please answer the phone I promise you it's not going to blow up it's not a bomb okay so so um, uh, I think the person who owns it is probably calling it I'm pleased to find out where it is (laughs) anyways um, all, all kinds of people in this world so, Viter. So now, um, if, if the sure gores this woman, the, the money goes to her heirs, not to the husband. What if Reuven and Shimon are partners? They're, part, they're business partners. They own all kinds of things. They own cattle, they own enterprise, real estate, they own slaves. One of them frees the slave. So now, is he free or is he still a slave? He's half free and he's half slave. He's actually both slave and free together. So what do you do? You give half of the knas to the master. In other words, the person who still owns him, Ruvain, Ruvain freed him, Shimon didn't free him, so he's half free and half a slave. He's both a free man, a full-fledged Jew, and an evad knadi simultaneously in one, per, in, one, in one existence. So the din is you give, so, so who gets the, the kaifer If they both had owned him, each would get half of the kaifer. However, now one freed him. The one who freed him doesn't get; the, doesn't, it's not title of the kaifer. But the one who still owns him only owns half him, so he only gets half of the <laughs> Half of the knas goes to the master. The other half, the 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 person who owns the ox is so to speak fit to give. He's obligated to give it. There's no one to take it, because the person who is because the because the 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 the, the, the half. The free half that's no longer alive, right? is doesn't have any heirs. Now what would happen if this guy had kids? If this Evan had children as a slave, it's irrelevant because there's no, there's no lineage. His children don't, don't inherit him. If this person who's half free and half slave went and married a Jewish girl and had a child, now that child is what? Is he associated with his father? If, a, if the father were be a free man, the answer would be yes. If the father's an Evan, the answer is no. When Evan has relations with a Jewish girl, the child is no associated with the father. No halachana. Here he's half free, half slave. Is he connected? All right, that's a, good, that's a complicated question. But simply speaking, over here, a simple case where the guy did not have any kids, there is half of the Knast is given to its master, and the other half is not given to anyone. Gimel. So in other words, he basically can't really achieve full kapara for himself, because he doesn't have anyone to give it to. That's, that's what Dharma's point is. The royal elite, it's fit to give to achieve atonement, but there's nobody to. Validated to receive it, you know. No one's writing a receipt, so to speak. Gimel. When a share gores a woman, and because of that she miscarries, what is the halacha? Even though the animal is a mood, the master is putter from the value depreciation this woman this woman has when her miscarriage happens. The teira is din that if a Reuven causes Shimon's wife to miscarry, he must pay Shimon the difference of what she'd be worth if she was a slave being sold as a pregnant woman versus a slave being sold after a miscarriage, in which case the value goes down. That's only if Ruvain himself damages the woman and causes a miscarriage. However, Ruvain sure causes a the miscarriage. There's no such halacha. And therefore, he's not chayif uh, that demay de v'ladas. Of course, he is lecher chayif if he was a muad, or even a an ta- uh, uh, ox that become a serial offender. So if he was a muud, he pays full, full damages, he would have to pay whatever damage he, he did um, uh, to the person as a, as a human, right? Uh, and if it's a muud, it would pay full damages, at the tam, you would pay half damages. But in terms of the, the value specifically about the, the, the fetus, that's described when two people are fighting, one of them hits the other person's wife, causes a miscarriage, and it has to pay the, the full value of the woman of the woman's difference of market, slave market value, pre miscarriage versus post miscarriage. That does not apply to animals. Dalit What if the woman is a maidservant, right? A shivcha the female version of an eved knaini. B'shal the male v'lo said that case he does pay the value of the fetus. Why not mitzah, the din of people fighting? Shezak Commissioner rachcha chomeru just like if you gore a pregnant donkey and it, it miscarriages, you cause damage, you pay for the damages. So if you gore, it, 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 the ox gores a, 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 a pregnant a maidservant, that would also cause the same, that would also pay, pay the same damages. Good. So the Ramam told us in the end of the previous parak that it, it's logical to say that if you gore a slave and you kill it, you, you pay for the value of the slave, uh, so so uh, that was based on this principle, we see here, we see her very clearly the Allah is in the Gemara, from the, from the Mishnah Gemara. That you pay the value of a miscarriage by a slave, you pay the value of, of uh, damages to a slave, perhaps even. So you make sense to pay the value of a dead slave as well. That's if it's a, that's if it's a, an, a mood. Then he pays half of the half of that damage value. Hey. How do we evaluate the value or the, or the, 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 uh, the damage that this, that's been caused over here by this uh, slave being made to miscarry? So, what's the market value of this maidservant as pregnant? Because it's worth more, obviously, because it can produce another slave when she gives birth. how much is worth now? And therefore, you give the damage, the full depreciation, the full, uh, if it's a muad, or half of it if it's a tam. In What if the shifcha dies? Right. So, um, so, so now you you, you cause the shifcha to die. You also cause the loss of the fetus. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, all you pay is a thirty set market value of selah. You don't take into consideration the value, of the damage of the fact that the fetus has been lost as well. Vov. So when you kill the slave, set amount. When you damage the slave. If you're a right? Set amount to 30, 30 slain. If the slave gets damaged, injured, or miscarried, or the slave gets killed, and there's a time, in that case, you pay the market damage, or half of the market damage. Vav. Shere and wants to gore its fellow animal. But the animal got out of the way and he killed the person instead. And we learned, despite the fact that we learned that since the animal wanted to gore another animal, you don't, you do not stone the animal. Even though you may have to pay koyfer to the family of the of the of the human victim, if it was a muud, but nevertheless you don't stone the animal. Nevertheless, im boy. Despite the fact that you're potter from koyfer, if the human dies, if you just damage the human, chayev benezek. You have to pay the nezek, despite the fact the animal intended to injure a shor, and it injured a person instead. In which case, there's no koyfer in the event of the human dying, but there is liability for damages, which makes sense because the reason why you're not if the person dies is because the sure intended to gore a fellow animal there's no going a fellow animal so it, it intended to do something which there's no going for so but however when it, intended, when, it, when, it, when it injures a person in that case it intended to, to, to gore a cow and it gored a person and injured the human the person the, the thing not the person the, the being that it intended to gore and the being that it actually gored are both equal in terms of damages equal of, 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 of damages there's no, there's no difference there over there if the animal is a tam, he pays half the nezek from the body of the ox. If he a muad, nezek shall Okay, Zion. Shur tam shahemis ha' the hizik, when a shur tam does damage. Or it kills a person. Excuse me, shur tam shahemis. A shur tam gored a person and he killed him. In which case we learned that the shur is chayiv skila, but the aunt, the owner is not chayiv kwefer. The hizik, after it killed the person, it did damage, right? So gored a human being, and then afterwards, shortly afterwards, it gored an animal, or it ate someone's uh, food, or it ate someone's crops. did in the because it first killed a person, you first judge the animal and you judge it to whether or not it's going to be stoned. did in the You don't judge the animal for the monetary damage it did afterwards, because since it first Did it it, it, it killed someone, that's the first consideration. Once you judge it you have to do that judgment first. Once you judge it and and, and if you judge it and say that it's Chayef Misa there's no point of afterwards saying that it's Chayef Mammon because at that point there's no damage, responsibility for it. Even though the damage transpired before the court case, we'll see that still there's no responsibility for it. And that's, that's true whether or not the animal is a tam or a muir. Well, if it's a tam, actually, the truth is once you say the animal has to be stoned, is there a body left, an asset for the victim to, 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 to take from? No, right? The Mu jehem What if the animal is a mu'a that killed a person and then it did damage afterwards? So unless you did the mummous, you first judge it. The, in that case, you first judge it for the monetary damage it did. The in the Then after you judge it for the nefashas. Why is that? Because the of the is because over here, the bigger consideration is paying back the person, not killing the ox. So over here, since. Ideally, once you judge... You, well, okay. So first of all, you judge it... Um, okay, one second. Let, let's, let's, let's hold on a second over here. If you first judge the animal, you made a mistake, you reverse the order, you first did the court case as to see if the animal is chayev to be stoned and you determined that it is chayev to be stoned. And you, even though you did the wrong order, you still finish up the other issue and you evaluate the issue of mummies. Right, how much the guy has to pay. Now, L'Chaira, when it comes to, the, if it's a the second case in Zion, it's a muud. Who cares if the ox is alive or dead? All the guy's assets are on lien to pay back the damage, right? So what's Negeir, who judge him first, moment is the Fashas? We'll see in a second. The from where do you pay if it's a muud? Now, you might ask, what's the question? again. again, from his bank account. So Ramus explains from the value that the share produces by its, um, by its by its work after the Gemara did I, Lechoyer, you're asking me in other words, you rent the ox out and you have it work and then you, 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 you save the money you pay the guy back who cares? Who needs ox to pay the guy back? It's a mood Once you pass him that the animal is high of Misa there's no owner to associate to obligate the payments. I the damage the animal did was before the court case. Doesn't make a difference. See, even though on Sunday Gordon killed somebody, Monday Gordon another animal and damaged it or ate someone's crops and it, and, it, and it injured it. Tuesday we pass and the shur has to die. When we do that, the owner of the shur is no longer obligated for the the the, 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 the damage it did on Monday. And therefore. We have to now, before we stone the ox, rent it out, produce money, pay the guy back, and then and then um, we can stone the ox. So, Sunday killed someone, Monday did damage, Tuesday we say, you, have to, you, gotta, you gotta stone it. Wednesday, we ask how much the guy deserves to be paid back, and then we rent the ox out, make sure he gets his money after a week or a month of working, and then stone the ox. The own, original owner loses not a penny though. Well, he loses his ox, but he has to pay for the damages. Now, hang on a second. Now we know why the Ram said Halakha Zayin, why it's important to know if the Mu'ad kills someone on Sunday and it does damage on Monday, in which order you do the court cases. Ideally, you first do a court case and you say how much the, uh, the owner must pay. And then he pays from his checkbook. Then you determine if the ox needs to be stoned, you stoned the ox, that's ideally, if you reverse the order, you first pass, you first did a, say the, owner, the ox must be stoned, at that moment the ox has no owner. And therefore, now, how are we gonna pay the guy back? Well, so one solution is, too late, he gets nothing, but the Raman says, no, there's another solution. Pass how much he gets and then rent the ox out. What happens if the ox drops dead the next day though, right? Danu to if you, if you um, say how much, you, uh, the, 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 you say the ox must be stoned, and then afterwards, the ox, let's say, okay, here's his, runs, runs away. Point is that the ox is no longer present. Ain doesn't, at that point, you no longer make a court case to how much the guy gets because there's nobody to pay him. Again, despite the fact that when the, at the moment the ox did the damage, there was an owner, right? But the fact is, once you make a court case to say the ox has to be stoned, then there's no owner present that you can associate the payment with. A very interesting halacha. Well, what would happen if the guy who got damaged, as soon as he got damaged, you know, took money from the owner of the ox, or let's say the guy who got damaged owned the grocery store, uh, excuse me, the guy, who owned, the guy who owned the ox owned the grocery store, the guy who got damaged owed money on the bill. He said, I'm not paying you keeping the money because of uh, because of the damage you did to me. And then Bez Paskin said that the ox has to be stoned. Can he keep that money, right? Because at the time he seized it, there, there was an owner. I don't know, all right. Tess. The sheriff kills a person. And um and, and I'm not say this, but he's gonna say it later and Bezin says the shur has been condemned to die. The Gnishu the only says this shur I declare it a carbon chatas or carbon oiler, right? And a kaddish. the kaddish does not work. Or he declares he declares it's money. Okay, he, he, he makes it a car, but he says it doesn't work. It doesn't, it doesn't work. It declares It's not ownerless because no, and there, if somebody grabs it, he can't keep it. It's been condemned to die. What if the ox was borrowed by somebody and I borrow your ox for a month during that month, it gores somebody. Now the business says it has to die. Now, I don't want to pay you back. I don't want to pay you money for your ox. So I bring it, deliver it back to you. I say, here, I'm returning the ox to you. And it doesn't count because, <laughs> because the guy can't use it. It's condemned to die. Therefore, the guy has to pay for the money of the ox. The flesh is forbidden to be eaten or even to benefit from. You can't sell it to a non-jour, give it to a, to a dog. You can't even give it to a stray dog, perhaps even. Because it's asa ba'ana. And as I said before, right, this is, doesn't, it means it killed, it killed a fellow, it killed a human being, and as in passing, it must die. What if it killed another person And then before the court case ended The owner Hiknisha, says He sanctifies it as a carbon Miklush, Then it, it does work Needless to say if he sanctifies it as value As donation to the mikdash, it would work as well right, Let's say it's not a cow Let's say it's a dog My dog you know, uh, killed a child God forbid So then I say the dog is uh, Its value is sanctified to the mikdash. That would work before the court case ends. If it's, if it's oner, if it declares it ownerless, it's considered ownerless. Mind you, the Bezdin the might still pass in that the ox has to die. But in the interim, the person who, who grabs it, it has the right to use it. And if he sanctifies it, it's in fact a carbon. In the case where you mix it into a carbon, actually, I'm not sure if it would, you would still kill it. But okay. If he sells it, it's because sold. If the owner if, me, if, if, the, if a person who's using it returns it to its owner, that's considered returned. Now, you're going to ask, very funny, I borrowed your ox, it killed somebody, now I give it back to you, and then Bez takes it away from you and stones it, why, 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 why am I considered off the hook? The answer is, as soon as I give it back to you, you should shecht it. Because if you mishchot, if you shecht it, you can eat it. So you shouldn't have waited. You should have right away shechted it. This way, this way it can't be stoned, obviously. Because it wasn't condemned yet, it wasn't, it wasn't convicted, it's not also Bahana, you could eat it. Maybe it wouldn't have the same value as, a, as it was before in terms of um, plowing the field. But um, but nevertheless, uh, it would still be have some value. Of course, if it was a non-kosher animal, like a donkey or a camel that killed somebody, then this wouldn't be relevant. So perhaps over there you would still say if he gives it back, it's not going to be returned. All right, Yud. You have an ox that's, that's uh, on trial for murder. And the, the Bez did not yet pass him that it has to be stoned. She has Arif Bashar then suddenly he gets confused among a, a bunch of other oxen. We don't know which one is what. we turn return all off the hook. Why? The din is, you're not allowed to c- conclude the din of a sure unless you can identify which one it is. Like a person. If a person is on trial for a Misa, and then he gets confused much among, among, among other people, you can't finish the, the din, right? If a guy has, you know, uh, you can't recognize him, maybe he's one of, you know, triplets, and now if three people we don't know who it is, the din is his dad or all putter. However, <laughs> if the Din Bez and Paskin Zishar has to die, and then it got mixed, among, mixed up among, among a bunch of other animals, <laughs> if you have a thousand other ones, they all must be stoned. And they all must be buried. Just like if you knew which ax it was, you would stone it. And because it's forbidden to derive benefit from, you would bury it to make sure no one derives benefit from it. You wouldn't burn it because if you burn it, you might have benefit from the ashes. And you're not supposed to have benefit from the ashes. Even that's why you bury it, simply, 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 simply put. If it's a thousand of them, you don't know which one it is, they all have the same fate. Why? Because an ox is a considered a significant thing and it's not nullified by, by, by a large ratio. Therefore, they all have the same fate. You better. so therefore, you anyways can't use all of them. You might as well stone all of them in order to do the mitzvah of stoning the ox. Theoretically speaking, just push them. You, you, could, you, could, you could just, uh, you know, put a bull in all their heads. But you're supposed to do sto- stone them to do the mitzvah of stoning the ox, whichever one it is. a pregnant cow. the that kills a person. The called Any animal that must be that must be killed because it committed a sin. Let's say, for example, a person commits bestiality with the animal. So you stone the animal. What about the fetus? You wait for the other to give birth. Ubra ub the fetus is the same. He, it and the fetus did the goring, therefore they both die. He Ubra, it, the animal and its fetus committed bestiality, and therefore it and its fetus are condemned to death together vachan, what if the animal kills someone and only afterwards became pregnant? So you imagine Abra if it became pregnant before being condemned to die. The old, and it also gave birth, so this was a long court case. <laughs> Very complicated court case over here. So the animal killed someone, became pregnant, let's say five months later, it gave birth, as is the case, or seven months later, as the case with cows are. The old, at that point, it gave birth. You don't say that the fetus is considered part of this forbidden animal. No, it's a separate thing. If, however, it gave birth after it was already condemned to die, even if it became pregnant before, Need to say this would be true if it became pregnant and gave birth after being convicted. Vlad the Oster, in that case, the fetus is forbidden as it's considered a limb of the mother. Sha'u'bu Yerachim, the fetus is considered a limb of the mother. This fetus gets mixed among other fetuses. You have a whole bunch of. Right, a veal form. One of, the, one of these calves gets mixed, mixed up among a bunch of other calves. Then you, you bring them all into a uh, an enclosure and they all die over there. What do they die of? Hunger. Now, now look the album is giving you an etzer. The mother is mitzvah to stone. That's why the mother is mixed up among, among a thousand cows, you stone them all. Over here, the, the, mother gave, the mother gave birth after being convicted to die, there's no for to stone the calf. It's forbidden, and therefore you have to you know, get rid of it. But there's no mitzvah to stone it. The mother you stone. So the album is saying over here, the point is that you, you don't have to stone it. The khaira you can kill it a different way if you want. Now I'm just saying you, you you don't have to do anything to it. You can theoretically just put it in, in, in a room and let it die by itself. If you want to, if you want to kill it a different way and then bury it, do that. You can do that as well. The chayra, gimel haniskal shuz What if, right? I'm minding my own business. Two witnesses come and they say your ox on, on the other side of town um, got out of its pen and it killed somebody. Like it was your ox. We saw it, and. Now I have no idea We're talking about a case Where the owner doesn't, doesn't, doesn't Says I have no idea Right Or even if he says No I was there You guys are lying But we don't know If he's telling the truth Or he's just trying To save his cow So The eight witnesses Are trying to get The ox condemned And then These two witnesses Are refuted By two other witnesses Who come and say You guys can't be Telling the truth Because At least you could not Have seen what happened Because at that same time You were with us elsewhere That's the concept Of in Zayman Right that, at, the, at that moment uh, we're talking about a case where Bezin already, excuse me, Bezin already ruled that the ox has to die. And then the witnesses became, became refuted, or contradicted rather. And so Bezin says, oh, okay, in that case, the ruling is reversed, the ox is free to go. Whoever grabs the ox gets to keep it. The moment Bezin says this ox is condemned to die, the owner has relinquished his rights to it. He lost hope of owning it. And therefore, now it's Hefker. What if, however, the witnesses are coming and they're saying this ox is condemned to die and it's a situation where the owner knows with absolute certainty whether they're telling the truth or not. We don't know if the, if the owner is lying or not lying. We know one thing is for sure, that the owner knows the truth. He's he's contradicting the Edom probably. The question is, is he's telling the truth. We don't know. But whatever the case is, he knows the facts. Why? The, the witnesses are saying this guy had relations with his ox, like Billam in this parsha, right? It says in the parsha, Billam lived with his donkey, so they're saying he lived with it. So he knows whether the Edom are lying or not. Are they lying? We don't know, but he knows. In that case, and the witnesses come and they say, You guys can't be telling the truth. this—I this, mean, Or you guys couldn't have seen any of this happen because the, you're saying this transpired this day this time. You're with us somewhere else. In that case, the owner gets to take his ox. If somebody else comes and tries to take it, he doesn't get it. Since we know that the owner knows whether or not he did this sin or not. He's hoping that you contradict them. He's hoping they're going to be disproven. Because he knows he didn't do this. So he never gave up hope of losing his ox. When they say, your ox scored someone on the other side of town, he doesn't know if it's true or not. So he, when, 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 is he okay, maybe it's true. And then therefore, if they say it happened, the ox has to die. Fine, I, you know, what, what should I do? And then turns out they lied too late. At that moment, he gave up hope of the ox. Even if he's saying, no, it's not true. I was there, you guys are lying. But we don't know if he said that or not. So therefore Lavdavka was going to keep the ox, but over here when the fact is it's retroactively clarified that he knew they were lying, he obviously never gave up hope and therefore he gets to take the ox back.